Welcome back, everyone, to Law School Life and Beyond's Leadership Series. My name is Katya, and I am the host of this podcast. On today's episode, I am joined by Norm Dodson. Norm is a family lawyer in the Detroit area and business partner of my previous guest, Keith Driscoll. The two of them have started their own firm called Confidant Consult, and Norm is going to tell us a little bit about the business model and different areas of law that their firm focuses on. So with that, thank you so much, Norm, for coming on the show today. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. So what drew you to a career in law? Um, so just kind of growing up in Detroit, um, seven mile area, I've had a lot of friends and even family members who have had, uh, you know, kind of um, encounters with the law, whether it be traffic tickets or um, just life happenings. Um, and, you know, we never knew what to do. Um, So, you know, following uh, College of Engineering, um, I was doing some work as a contractor for the Navy and um, as a civilian. And, um, yeah, I've seen an opportunity um, to apply to law school. Never thought I'd get in. Um, End up getting in. Didn't tell my family because I knew I wasn't going to be able to pay for it. Um, Then got a letter saying that... um, I was eligible for the Damon J. Keith scholarship, which paid for my entire uh, law school tuition. Wow. So, yeah, given that opportunity um, and kind of knowing that if anyone else was in my shoes, specifically, you know, from where I'm from, um, I I don't know. I I, I felt like I would have been doing a disservice not to, um, at that time, try to pursue a career in law. And then, you know, lucky, lucky enough for me. Uh, you know, after three years and, you know, um, taking and passing the bar, uh, became a lawyer. Wow. And so you said that you were, you started off in engineering then? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was did industrial engineering for about two years prior to um, going to law school. Okay. And did you go into law school then thinking you wanted to maybe go into... Um... Intellectual property, yes. So... Um, the three years I worked, or excuse me, the three years I attended Wayne Law, um, I also worked full time at Dickinson Wright as a patent agent. So for three years, I learned how to do trademarks, um, copyrights, patents, with the idea that you know when I graduated, you know this is what I would do because I'm qualified to to do this. Um, but mm-hmm. obviously, that 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 isn't what happened. <laughs> so now you're in family law. What drew you to family law? Um, just wanting to help people. Um, so I have a big family as far as me and my siblings. I have three daughters and, and, and having my three daughters, I have joint physical and legal custody of my three daughters. Um, mm. and I went through that process. So when people say, you know, been there, done that, I've been there, done that, you know, bought the t-shirt, mm-hmm. you know, I got three little <laughs> souvenirs to show for it. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, having gone through that experience kind of, um, you know, being on that, you know. Having experienced that, um, I know that it can be a difficult time simply because, you know, in addition to having to worry about court or making these days, am I filling out this paperwork correctly? You know, what's an answer? What's a motion? Um, Because that's what I was experiencing when I was going through it. Um, Mm. On top of having to juggle, you know, actually being a parent or still having to co-parent with this person Mm. who, you know, potentially has you in court. Um, You know, having to kind of juggle all those things, um, I know it's very stressful. So I feel like if I have a skill set that can assist people in alleviating that stress, 
um, and then making sure that we, you know, all parties do what's in the best interest of the child, then, you know, Mm -hmm. that's where I would want to lend my talents to. Mm -hmm. And I was just literally speaking to a friend a few moments ago about family law and how it really is a higher calling because you're dealing with people at a very emotional time in their lives and just client management in that situation is so much more difficult. And I appreciate you saying that it's whatever's in the best interest of the child, because I feel like a lot of family lawyers don't necessarily focus on that. And because the parents aren't focused on that and for you to direct your clients to that main priority, I think is really, really great. Yeah, no, I recently worked on a case and me and the other attorney, we were on the exact same page and um, having worked in a situation like that and then working with an attorney who's adversarial, um, you can definitely tell the difference Um, Mm -hmm. because regardless of what mom and dad are doing, you know, everyone thinks that their soup tastes better. Um, Mm -hmm. But, you know, when when you put into um, focus that the whole reason we're doing this is because we both love, you know, our children. Um, and we want what's in their best interest, it, it makes things a lot lot easier because it's very difficult to say that it's not in the best interest of the child to have, you know, both parents being an active, uh, involved participant. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, exactly. And I just want to refer back really quick to your law school experience. How did you find law school then, coming from an engineering background and not really anticipating law school being in the cards? How was that? Um, so to, to be completely honest, um, so... Like I said, boredom was one part um, of why I decided to kind of transition from engineering to law. Um, another thing is, was just kind of, uh, I'm a very yeah. competitive guy. Um, and uh, me and my friends, we have this friend group, you know, group chat. Okay. And uh, one of them, he was in law school at the time, and he was like bragging about some reward he was getting. And I was like, <laughs> so, you know, while I was in the hotel room, I took the L set as kind of like a... Um, like an intellectual middle finger, if you will, you know, to my friend. And um, like I said, didn't tell anyone, just kind of took it, got in, still didn't tell anyone. Um, And then it was when they, you know, offered to pay my tuition where, you know, I I realized that it was very important for um, someone who could represent the underrepresented um, to enter into this field, take it serious and show that, Mm. you know, we can do this too. Mm-hmm. So you're the dark horse. And then you got into law school and you were working with Dickinson right the entire time. So clearly you did really well yeah. in law school. Yes. Yep. Wow. That's awesome. Did you take family law yeah. courses in law school? I did. I did. Okay. Um, I took family law and then, like I say, a lot of uh, intellectual property and then and a lot of municipal law. Okay. Okay. Cool. And so now my next question is, can you describe the type of work and the structure of your new firm, Confidant Consult, please? Yes. Um, So one of the reasons we decided to form it, um, and I kind of alluded to it earlier, um, was that um, it was obvious, you know, from our employment at, you know, a different law firm and to, you know, my personal experience that it's difficult to get legal services at an affordable price. Mm-hmm. Um, specifically, getting those services, you typically associate paying more um, with, you know, getting better legal representation. Mm-hmm. Um, and for a, a huge chunk of the population, you know, uh, we're not talking about the wealthy because they can afford mm-hmm. um, their own, uh, uh, you know, legal fees. Um, even those within 120% of the poverty rate, you know, they... They they can they qualify for legal services mm-hmm. and legal aid, 
but it's that that forgotten middle. Yes. Who? Yeah, that huge chunk of the population huge. who has to, you know, decide. All right, am I going to make sure my child has these new uniforms because school just started, or and, and just kind of wing it when it comes to potentially being removed from you know our home, or am I going to get legal representation? Exactly. And not be, you know, and then my children suffer or my family unit suffers or what have you. So what we've tried to do is incorporate a model where um, we, we don't exceed 75% of the median um, billing rate. Okay. Um, you know, to kind of assist those people, but at the same time working with um, those individuals, whether it's coming up with, you know, payment plans right off the back, mm-hmm. um, you know, providing notification, you know, just, just proper notice and then just using different techniques like I say, if we find, like if there's an attorney I can work with, you know, hey, let's figure out what the most efficient way to resolve this matter is. That way, one, both sides are happy, and then two, mm-hmm. you know, the clients are having to come out their pockets because of personal disputes, and the attorneys can kind of, you know, work things out on their behalf. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I, I think that when I was talking to Professor Driscoll about this, I honestly thought it was brilliant because my father's a family lawyer in Windsor and he takes primarily legal aid clients. And But the bar for legal aid is so low that yeah. it's so low. If you make $1 more, you are still in no way, shape or form able to afford a lawyer at 300 bucks an hour. It's just not going to happen. And so I think that this is so brilliant. And I will still be lucrative because you're capturing a huge part of the population that just cannot afford a lawyer right now at an affordable rate. Nope. You're absolutely right. So I actually worked in the, uh, business, uh, law and community, uh, excuse me, business and community law clinic at Wayne state university. Mm. And while we could help some people, you know, um, you know, form their businesses and, and just assist them um, in those matters, the majority of them who, we're in very similar circumstances financially. However, you know, you like you said, you're $1 over that line. Yeah. And, you know, it's you're disappointing. Mm-hmm. You know, it's very disappointing to have to turn those people away when I was in the clinic. Um, so now that we're capturing that $1 over population and people who need legal services who, you know, just in the past haven't had that available to them. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's rewarding, but at the same time, like you're saying, it's a it's a business, and there are a lot of people who are in need of that that service. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, what types of law, what types of legal services are you offering then? Because I know your family law, and I know that Professor Driscoll, one of your partners, is IP. What else are you guys kind of offering? Okay, so we have uh, family law, intellectual property, business um, contracts. Um, so that's anything right, ranging from you know just service agreements to NDAs, what have you. Um, IP, so intellectual, uh, excuse me, trademarks, patents, copyrights, mm-hmm. uh, family law, um, and probate matters. Okay. Um, and then we've, we've just because of recent activities, have started to kind of pick up a lot of um, a landlord-tenant matters, you know, um, tenant, the tenant side, however, you know, tenants okay. being removed for, you know, various reasons. And, you know, we're trying to make sure they keep a, uh, you know, a roof over their head, especially during, you know, COVID and, mm-hmm. you know, School's just starting back up and everything else that yeah. life has to throw at us. So how have you found then transitioning from working? You were, you were at Dickinson, right, correct? 
Yeah. So how have you found transitioning from being an associate to now starting your own firm, your work-life balance, how's your quality of life? How do you miss the big firm kind of vibe or do you miss the stability of having that kind of salary or is owning your own firm a dream come true? So for me, I really enjoy the culture, um, you know, what me and uh, Mr. Driscoll have have put together Mm. um, just because of the people who we're dealing with on, you know, on a daily day, you know, the day, mm-hmm. on a day-to-day basis. Uh, a lot of them, you know, come in, you know, we're not, you know, strangers or referrals mm-hmm. or what have you. And, you know, by, you know, in a couple of weeks, you know, we know all their kids' names. We know, you know, how they do in the baseball game. You know, you weren't that, you weren't a crazy mom out there, were you, you know? Cute. Uh, we, we, you know, it's, it's a different relationship, if, if you will, kind of like with the clients. You know, we still mm. maintain that professional relationship, but you feel a little bit more connected in, in, with the clients mm-hmm. um, based off of who we're servicing, mm-hmm. uh, service, servicing. Um, whereas on the other side, when I was doing IP, you know, we're talking about, gadgets and you know things that don't have a beating heart whereas here with family law um, you know doing the business and even the intellectual property for those you know for that forgotten middle um it's a lot easier um in relating if that, yeah. if that makes sense relating to those people and just being able to build a you know um a somewhat personal connection with them along with you know being able to take care of their their legal matters mm-hmm and was it stressful to take the leap from a salary to starting your own firm? Yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. But, <laughs> you know, I mean, I'm not young, young, but, you know, I'm, 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 I'm at that age where, you know, if you're going to take a risk, you yeah, know, I'm now trying. is the time to do it exactly, exactly. Cool. And it just so happened that, you know, um, whether it just be general circumstances um, you know, because of COVID and everything and everyone kind of being strapped tight or um, the fact that there is an actual need yeah. um, for, you know, you know, legal services within the demographic that we're um, that, that we're servicing. Um, you know, it, it, it was it was a good call. And uh, like I, I would like to say we got lucky. But, you know, as you said at the beginning of, of your show, you know, it's something that people need. Mm-hmm. we're just answering the need that's all mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that's awesome it seems like you guys are in a great place and this is a great idea and i'm so excited to see what happens in the next few years thank you so much do you um have any advice for future and current law students yeah do, do uh, well first i would say take your time okay. um a lot of times when um people begin law school it's because they think they know exactly what it, the reasons for entering law school. Uh, one of the first conversations I had with other um, students, you know, we went out for lunch and, you know, they're talking about the different, you know, the big firms. You know, I don't, yeah. you know, I came from an engineering background. I knew, no, you know, yeah. zero law firms. I'm like, why, you know, why are y'all just trying to get with the big firms? They're like, well, that's what we're here for. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. Um, so I would say, take your time. Like I say, obviously I started intellectual property. And, you know, made the transition after, you know, doing it for a couple of years and, you know, just wanting that that change in uh, scenery. Um, had I known I was going to do this and enjoy doing family law as much as I do, uh, I probably would have geared my education differently. But mm-hmm. in my mind, I knew what it was, what I was going to do. And I feel like there were a lot of credits and 
and just information and, and knowledge I left on the table because I was in a rush to, you know, kind of complete my degree and get out of mm-hmm. there. Yeah, yeah. And my dad always says, uh, the cool thing about being a lawyer is you're just learning different types of law. You transitioned from IP and you just learned family law and you can go and do that. And that's why I think a lot of lawyers actually do change their careers. I think the average was like five times um, because it's it's really cool, the opportunities for growth and how you can just skate between different areas of law. Yeah, that's like if if I could do it all over again, I probably would, um, you know, just take as many different varieties of the law not necessarily mm-hmm. try to you know what they call specialized yeah. in any particular subject that way I can get a you know a taste of everything mm-hmm. um, and then you know by doing that I think it would have helped me realize you know exactly where um, I would find the most enjoyable and rewarding work work with you know for me my taste is you know family law and you know business so mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it's still so cool that you have the IP background because you can still service clients in that respect also and that's the more you know yeah typically when you have one problem or uh need a lawyer for one one particular reason you know you need a lawyer for another particular reason you need a lawyer oh can you assist me in drafting this contract of course what are you drafting the contract for my business okay okay i've also been thinking about getting a trademark okay Okay. so typically (laughs) that's the way it works Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's nice to have uh, a lot of tools in my tool, you know, my toolbox to mm-hmm. uh, you know assist my clients, and then in the future, if I decided to kind of you you know make that jump, mm-hmm. you know, I at least have a some somewhat of a, a breadth of knowledge of things to where it could assist me in making that transition. Further to your point earlier, with your advice to future current law students, is that everyone kind of sees big firms as like the end all be all. So now that you're into your career, how do you define success now, having left law school and experiencing the big firm also? So, so for me, you know, my success has always been defined, at least in recent years, you know, by how happy my kids are. You know, um, like you know, you know, work now. I can, I'm able to service my clients, you know, to pick how many clients, you know, I want to do. And then by doing that, you know, figure out how much time it's going to take. And then I'm able to devote as much time, as much energy, um, you know, do the fun dad things uh, Mm -hmm. with my children. So for me, uh, my success has always been, you know, um, when do I feel like I'm in the best position to provide for my children? You Mm -hmm. know, whether we're talking about a paycheck or we're talking about time, um, that's how I define success. And right now for me, it's, it's t- having time, you know, for my kids. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. And being the partner of the firm, creating this firm for yourself, you basically are only answering to yourself really. So that's cool that you can make your own schedule. Yep. And I'm, you know, me and Keith are both engineers prior to, and I'm sorry, Mr. Driscoll, <laughs> both no, it's engineers fine. prior to uh, uh, law school. So, you know, we kind of think differently you know, as far as about being efficient and trying to do things in a in yes. a manner, you know, where we're not taking a lot of, you know, um, time or mental space from ourselves because, you know, time is one of those things you can't get back. Yeah. And for a client, you know, time is money. Yeah. <laughs> literally. Yeah. So <laughs> we try to work as efficient as possible. That way we can service as many, you know, clients as possible while at the same time maintaining our, you know, our relations with our children and, and, you know, uh, our, our respective families. 
Mm-hmm. And Professor Driscoll said that because I asked in like, off the record a conversation with him about how this you guys connected and started this, and he said you guys saw each other at a crosswalk. <laughs> so 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 me me and uh, Keith have just randomly bumped into each other for maybe the last uh, six years. <laughs> so the first time I met him, and this was when I was doing engineering. Um, we had a mutual buddy. He was like a doctor from from like Sweden or somewhere. I met at a conference. He was mm. in Detroit. So he calls me up. Hey, Norm, let's go. We want. I want to go to a a, 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 a Tigers baseball game. Nice. I was like, okay, cool. So go get some tickets. And we're going. So the buddy he brings with him is Keith. So you know we're kind of talking. And Keith was doing engineering at the at the time. And um, before law has had ever entered my mind. You know, during this Tigers game, which was, you know, boring to his own credit, <laughs> Keith is talking about, you know, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm applying to law school. I'm like, why? So then fast forward, uh, when I'm at Wayne Law, um, Keith interviews me at Dickinson Wright. Wow. Yeah. Uh, originally, he tells them not to hire me. Why? Because of the person, because the person who referred me, he didn't. He didn't really refer me. He just made a post on Facebook and I responded to the post. But that person apparently was a terrible uh, employee and just did a lot of shady things. So they associated me with that person. Okay. And then after the interview, Keith was like, yeah, you killed it. What am I going to say? And then he later told me, you know, yeah, I told him not to hire you at first. That's so (laughs) funny. Oh, my gosh. And then, of course, we worked together at uh, DW. And then, um, yeah, like I say, recently walking through downtown Detroit and yeah, Keith is walking across the crosswalk and you know, he, he has a, he has a, a large stature. I've only seen him on zoom. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I would say yeah, he has a large stature, but he, he always has like the same haircut. Okay. So I was like, Keith, Norm. So yeah, we, we, you know, went and grabbed some, uh, some, uh, happy hour and, you know, kind of chatted it up and, during that conversation, this is where we both realized, you know, kind of our passions aligned and, um, you know, we wanted a change as far as uh, um, how the legal uh, industry is kind of being, you know, operated. Okay. Cool. What, like, life is so funny how things happen well. Yeah. But yeah, me and Keith, we, we just keep bumping into each other. <laughs> That's really <laughs> cute. So do you guys have an actual uh, office space or are you completely remote? No, so um, we primarily do remote just because, again, it cuts down our overhead, and that's what we're trying to do for our clients. However, we do have an office space. I believe the address is 13130000 Woodward Avenue, uh, Woodward, okay. Woodward Avenue. Mm-hmm. Um, however, you know, I think we've had one client want to meet in person, mm-hmm. um, and that was just to make sure we were real people and weren't going to just take their money. <laughs> but other than that clients they typically get it and they're like yeah no if, you know you can if they give you an option for zoom court do zoom court if they give you you know we can just talk face yeah. to face but you know via uh you know a couple laptops let's do it that way okay well it was really nice speaking with you norm i honestly really enjoyed this and uh thank you so much for coming on the show thank you so much take care Katna. and that concludes today's episode Thank you so much, everyone, for tuning in today, as always, and be sure to tune in next week for Law School Life and Beyond's next episode of the Leadership Series.